There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A happy Halloween weekend to all of you. Welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name is Emmett Mann. Joining me today is Yasmin. Happy Halloween. How are you? Yes, happy Halloween. <laughs> um, I, they could probably see our backgrounds. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween yeah. themed backgrounds. Um, I am uh, what we thought was Delano Benton, but what we found out was um, Sam Decker. <laughs> so I should insert the picture of him like, taking a selfie like in the in the octopus costume with his drink because <laughs> i found yeah, that hilarious exactly. like <laughs> insulated in his own world there um and yeah we have you as well yep i got me i got me scotty here um he went i guess that's joker this is from delano banton's ig stories and i screenshotted this particular moment um <laughs> I mean, a picture worth a thousand words right there. That's that's very much Scotty right there in a lot of different <laughs> ways. <laughs> so they had their Halloween party already. Uh, yeah, I guess a little bit early on, but they got games. And they got a bit busy weekend, right? Games tonight, tomorrow, uh, Sunday off, and then the Knicks on Monday. Um, but today we are going to talk about uh, the Raptors point guard situation and specifically a little bit of Fred Van Bleet because I don't know. I find that he's uh, he gets a lot of you know what from from people for being. Well, I mean, everything that he's not, and I feel like sometimes people kind of forget what he is. But to start, Yasmin, um, thus far, I mean, we kind of know the situation with Fred. You know, no Kyle. He's taken a lot more responsibilities on and off the court so far. And I know we're very early on to this, but has he kind of met? exceeded or has he is he below the expectations in terms of his performance um he's been I think like the best version of Fred that we've seen uh which is great uh but it's still it's obviously it's still gonna lack what we kind of um have always wanted but never quite seen from Fred which is like just being like the traditional of point guards but I think we ha- we can kind of accept that that's not what he's going to be he's going to be a scorer which he's capable of he's been his playmaking has definitely taken a leap he's still not yeah. you know the pick and roll maestro we wanted him to like become Kyle but I don't think that's possible um but he's been like the very best version of Fred which is a compliment to him like um, he's just been doing everything that we've, his shooting has come back, uh, the last game where his, he was just lights out. Um, mm-hmm. that was the only thing that was kind of iffy to start the season, but obviously that was going to come out. Um, he's a tr- career, a uh, pretty excellent shooter. Um, his passing has come a long way. Like he's, I think he's, um, getting really good at getting right into sets and I don't always expect disaster when he's handling the ball, which means he's made sure. some strides in that sense. Um, but yeah, I think that I think that's the thing. Like he's not going to be um, outside of his identity. I think we, he's, he's kind of rounding out into who he is as a player. We know that point guards take a little longer to round out than other players. They tend to come around in their late twenties. And um, seeing his trajectory, it's actually it's pretty exciting. Uh, seeing what he's putting together and 
um, how much of a threat he's become and uh, from the perimeter and um, how his mid-range game has come along because it's kind of opened up the, the basket for him and has made yeah, those sure. layups that used to get swatted. They still get swatted, but they <laughs> do go in uh, more often, which is great. Yeah, he's still getting blocked at the rim. And I think that's an ongoing issue that people have with him that he, you know, he goes in there shoulder first. I remember Serge Ibaka with that slam interview that uh, that they did a couple years ago. And yeah. he's like, <laughs> big dog. Freddie comes yeah. in. Yeah, big dog, shoulder in. <laughs> he yeah. does that. But unfortunately, there's bigger dogs who end up blocking his shot. He got really, like, really blocked by Miles Turner the other day. Um, but oh, yeah. I mean, this is kind of like, I find with him that because he's taking over for Kyle Lowry, and people maybe not realizing it sometimes that they're they're making that direct comparison. And again, with Kyle, like, I mean, Fred was underneath him for a few years now. Um, the student has sort of become the teacher in some ways. And now he's taking on these more responsibilities that he just hasn't, uh, he's got to hone a little bit. And early on in this season, the ball's in his hands a lot. Like he has the ball in his hands more so than I thought he probably would, obviously, because Pascal Siakam isn't around. Um, that's a huge factor. I mean, Fred, hes I think he's made a lot of strides this season. And you, you mentioned the passing that we, we've seen so far. It has gotten a lot better. Yes, it's been associated with a lot of turnovers. And that's, you know, that could be a, just a product of all the new players that are coming in and all the rookies that he's playing, playing with. It's a very different team. And as exciting as it is, it's taking someone on the court to take on the responsibilities of, you know, possession by possession on offense and defense, guiding them and leading them. And we had thought that maybe Goran Dragic would be doing that. And it, we're going to get to him in a second, but that has not been the case. We thought he could be a release valve for, for Fred, you know, get his minutes down to that 35 minute range. And that has not been the case is actually, it's been another player that's helped him do that. But all these things, like, and we're only a few games into the season, but Fred's adjusting to all this. Right. And I think people have just got to cut him a little bit of slack because there is so much change happening for him. And regardless of that, man, like right now he's fifth in assists, he's sixth in transition possessions, fourth in drives. He's second in miles ran per game, <laughs> which is a staple of what he does. Actually, that he's kind of up, yeah, he was kind of up there last season too, but he's like straight up pedal to the metal and he's helping you win on both ends of the court. And I don't know if the people acknowledge the, how, how, how rare it is that you have a player who impacts the game at the point guard position, the amount of ways that Fred does, you know? Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. And I think that the, um, the, like you said, the increased burden on him offensively has been because of um, Drogic not panning out in the first several games. And um I don't know. I, I'm actually less sure about him receiving another opportunity than I am with Malachi. Because mm. I feel like, um, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And I feel like um, <laughs> he, he just looks so slow on defense already, which is what we expected. But also um, getting into offensive sets takes so long with a Dragic. I don't know if that's always been a style. I haven't watched um the heat like that like i knew what he was capable of and with any of his signature yeah. moves but i didn't know it took him so long to get into these sets i'm so used to seeing larry like gesturing to you know passing the ball after a basket made and just running to the other end and immediately getting into the next offensive set but um Drogic takes his time and then by the time he starts the other team's already in their set defense so yep. it, it takes you know it's just not the way the raptors play at all like the raptors are high speed 
if they're doing half course sets, it's going to be fast, but they're the bulk of their um, points. They want to get through transition through their defense feeding transition points, but they haven't been able to do that. That's just not <laughs> been, uh, he hasn't been able to kind of keep up that philosophy. Yeah. Whereas you get like a Delano who's, you know, immediately catching up. And I don't, I don't know if it's cause he's younger and he's just able to, or if he's quicker, but you know, it's been a different story with him. I want to get back to the Drogic and, and, and Banton thing in a second, but on, uh, on Fred for, for one more quick second, because um, a lot of people have said that he is a shooting guard and not a point guard. And he actually acknowledged that the other day. He said that now people don't think I'm a point guard anymore because he was told to shoot a lot when he entered the NBA. And he was talking about um, Delano Benton kind of taking on um, what his role is going to be when whatever case it is. Like you just have to come into the league and do what you're told sort of. And Fred's like, I came into the league and I was told that, hey, you got to learn how to shoot. You got to be very, very good at it, become prolific at it. He's like, all right, cool. I will do that for you. And then it turned <laughs> out they became so good that he ended up you know, being shooting guard and that he was so valuable that he got to a point where, you know, 2019 NBA finals, he's subbing in the game as shooting guard for Danny Green um, in the second half of game because they just needed him on the court. That's how valuable he is. They just needed him. It didn't matter if that he's, you know, six feet tall or whatever, or whatever it is that they just needed him because he plays so much bigger than he actually is. Um, and so now I think about the, the point guard position now compared to like 10 years ago. And it's, it's kind of such a gray area with so many positions. And I think the point yeah. guard position is kind of a, becoming that as well, that any player who's able to work in the pick and roll, who can kind of handle the ball, who has a, obviously some shooting ability is kind of the point guard, you know, not to compare it to LeBron James, but like LeBron is obviously a point guard, right? That's what he kind of does, but he's technically a small forward. And I think with Fred, his shooting ability and his ability to get to the rim, although, you know, I guess I'll put it this way, his ability to get into the paint and um, feed it out to three-point shooters uh, on, on all ends of the court kind of makes him a point guard by default because he's has a responsibility and he's sort of, he's doing it. Um, but I find that people think that because he's just such a good shooter and that he is yeah. so good off the ball, right? He's such yeah, a good off-ball exactly. cutter, off-ball mover. Like I, I keep on, I've always talked about like those three like little millisteps left or right that create a, a passing lane for, for, for someone else. And he's, he's amazing at it. Right. And people just kind of associate that saying, all right, well, um, because he can do that, he's probably better off the ball. Like, no, he can pass the ball. Like he's been doing that in college. He did that in the G league. He did that early on in his career with the bench mob. And then, um, because, Kyle Lowry was there. He was like, no, you're going to play shooting guard. That's, that was Nick Nurse. Like, you're going to play shooting guard instead. But now he's back to being a point guard. And that is his position, people. Yeah. He is a point guard. He is not a shooting guard. Yeah. Is it, yeah. I think it's just a matter of um, what people are. I think his best moments have come as shooting guard. For the Raptor fans, like the most yeah. signature Fred moments we uh, envision tend to be like those games where he's just um, like flashing that off ball movement, coming out of nowhere, taking those deep threes and everything. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I think that's what people think of when they think of Fred, they think of his best moments, but um, I, he's capable of both, honestly. <laughs> like, and he I is. think the fact that he's like such a good shooter in that sense, almost like, um, 
works against him with that point guard identity because he he is someone who believes in himself as a point guard like he's insistent on it he wants the ball he wants to handle the ball so i'm interested to see how it pans out when siakam gets back to the team so uh what who who takes on those lead ball handling duties do we see siakam play point forward does fred go off ball a little more um you know i'm interested interest interested to see how the lineup changes and how the change in dynamics is going to affect fred's play yeah, there's going to be a lot of changes, that's for sure. you got two players coming into your rotation. And uh, I mean, and a few players. Too, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and Utah, um, I mean, he's valuable with what they're trying to do. He is extremely valuable, more so than he has been in, at any point in his NBA career, no doubt. And I mean, now the rotation is going to get very, very messy, messy in a good way, because you're going to be able to, you're going to put like your best nine players or 10, if Nick decides to go that, go that route. But you're going to have a, a pretty damn good top 10. And after that, there's going to be a lot of players who probably should be playing, you know, and, and on most NBA teams, they would be playing, but they're not going to be playing. Not for the Toronto Raptors, not for this year's team. So it's kind of sad. Uh, I guess it's kind of a good segue into uh, Goran Dragic um, because, yeah, he's uh, exactly Right. He's yawning us through an entire every single time he plays. He is he's sleepwalking. It feels like he's not keeping up with the pace. And yeah. it's a problem for for the Raptors. So what were your thoughts when you saw that he he didn't play and also that uh, Banton actually took those minutes? Uh, I thought it was hilarious, especially after he had that clip of his veteran speech to the bench people, the bench crew, oh, and they were kind of just rolling their eyes. And they go, <laughs> you see Ken Burch? Yeah. Ken Burch was like, just straight up like, what the heck? <laughs> like, who is exactly. this guy? Um, especially oh, like the next day you get a DMP. Like, that's just, oh, oh. I think Nurse does not care. Like, no, he, he doesn't. doesn't care if you're a vet. Like, you're not Lowry. He's not going <laughs> to keep you in. Um, but yeah, that, that whole situation panned out really just, it, it was funny. And especially since in the post game, he was like, you guys should be asking me about Batten. And um, Delano yeah. plays the next game so, uh, and, and is amazing. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's tough for Malachi and for um, uh, Dragic, for, you know, for Delano being so good. And that, that's the thing, like people have to realize, and I saw a couple of scouts discussing it the other day, I think it was... Um, Hollinger who discussed it but um Delano uh the reason why he was so low is because his shooting was a question mark like he was a mm-hmm. he was a straight up bad shooter um and that is not really I, I guess that's people has have been turned off by that for their point guards especially in the age of Ben Simmons and stuff so um he scarred Delano everyone being like they? a 23 percent <laughs> shooter in college was um you know left him yeah. at, at the, as the as such a low pick but uh people were saying if he came back the next year with a shot he might have been like lottery material um yeah. for for the draft for the draft so um the raptors having nabbed him and if they're able to develop a shot which looks better already people are saying that the hitch that he had in college is not as present um that's a really good sign and he can become a valuable viable um bench creator so and, and what, what i love about De, um, delano is that he's like a straight up point guard like it's not a loose use of the term uh for a six line guy but yeah. um he's out there actually doing point guard stuff he has a great handle um he's uh, he's definitely pass first uh he says that his game is modeled after rondo i can kind of see it um with the way he plays and, and the defense and the speed is it's kind of ridiculous I'm, I'm i'm interested to see how they can develop it further definitely 
because they have something mm-hmm. special with like such a tall, de- defensive minded point guard. That's exactly what the Raptors want. Four strides, two dribbles. As soon as he crosses the half court, that's all he needs to get to the rim. It's crazy how fast he is in the open court. There was that steal against uh, that Gary Trent had against the Pacers, and Delano uh, took the ball down the court. He got an and one, and like it was like this. You bar- I blinked, and he was already exactly. done. <laughs> and this it reminds is me of f- like a early like bench mob Siakam, but with a tighter handle. Yeah. which is like hard to envision, but like, you know, though he has those strides, but the ball isn't like, you know, kind of everywhere. It's like really tucked, tucked in while he's like uh, speeding off to the basket. What I love about the Raptors drafting is that they look at the player for who they are and not what they can't do because they feel like, you know, we can fix your, your ailments. We can fix your issues. And you mentioned Ben Simmons, the difference between Ben Simmons and Delano Banton is that he wants to, become a better shooter. <laughs> He's okay yeah. with that. He, he wants to be trained and helped. And he, we've already seen like the fruits of the labor, right? He, we talked about the hitch. Um, obviously it's kind of going away. Uh, he, hit, he hit two threes against the Pacers the other day. I mean, that's <laughs> terrific. Right. And it was the same with Scotty too. Both of them had hitches in college and now they come to the NBA. They get some help from the Toronto Raptors. Nice school with Nick nurse. And now the hitches are gone. And now look at them. Now all of a sudden they are in fact, I mean, Scotty was, you know, the fourth overall pick, but Delano Banton, um, he should have probably been a lot higher in the in the in the 2021 draft because if the hitch is gone, then all of a sudden you have a six nine point guard who can like run like the wind, who can pass the ball, who's a pass first point guard. Like who doesn't want this? And this who is, can defend what, one through five. <laughs> like it's I know. Unreal. Like I don't. It's insane to me. And I wanted to. I'm happy you mentioned that because I'm thinking about you know, the Raptors and like why certain players are just not fitting, right? Why isn't Malachi and why isn't Goran Dragic um, fitting? Because I don't think Dragic is like any playing any worse than he has in previous years. Like this is just the Raptors, like they, they're playing matchmaker right now. And that's what I kind of look at it. And they have a very, like they're very picky on who they're going to be bringing in. And it's, it's a very specific player type and Banton, fits that more so than Malachi and, and Dragic. And I feel bad for, I still feel bad for Malachi. I've said a thing on every single episode because I mean, this isn't his fault, but the fact is that he is a liability for what they're trying to do. The, the reason yeah. why Banton is so valuable is that we, we've seen it in the past few games. He can run like the wind. He can, you know, when it comes to switches with bigs and stuff like that, he can hold his own down low and he can grab a rebound for you. And, uh, and like they're already one of the worst uh, defensive rebounding teams anyway. So they need more size, if anything, um, or across the board to make sure that they, you know, Sabonis doesn't abuse them down low. Yeah. And then also just when it comes to their help defense and deflections, like they're the best deflections team in the NBA. I wrote it down here. Let me, this is actually pretty staggering. Is that, uh, yeah, their first in deflections with 23 a game. Second place is 18 and last season's leader, I think was the Pacers with 16. So it's not that they're just good. They're like amazing at it. And this is all part of what they're trying to do in Delano Banton. He fits that his hands are very active. And when, you know, when bigs are spinning around down, down low and they're, you know, they're getting doubles because obviously the Raptors have a lot of, you know, the bigs are mismatched a little bit to some degree, you know, Delano, Delano comes over it. And that is much more of a distraction versus Malachi or, Goran Dragic because they're just not tall enough. <laughs> their yeah. lo- their arms are not long enough, and so when stuff like that is happening, now you're you're hurting the the system. The system isn't going to excel because uh, you have a smaller player out there. 
Yeah. And it's, um, it's more ruthless because they are in a rebuild. Like people forget how ruthless a rebuild is. Um, they're trying to find their identity. They're going to cut out people that don't fit in it. They don't have time to like, um, they want to set their team. They want to set their identity and then they want to move forward with, you know, winning basketball games. So, um, yeah, it's that, that's the ruthless aspect of the rebuild or the retool, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. There was a possession against the Pacers where uh, I think it was it was Sabonis and, and Delano and uh, Sabonis and Delano like he, he got ma- mis- he got mashed with them unfortunately that's just sort of how it is with when it comes to switching and he held his own and he actually grabbed the board from <laughs> from Sabonis and then all of a sudden he's running down the court right and yeah. he, he found Chris Boucher and Chris didn't get a, a a bucket out of it but it's stuff like that that you just you can't really compare him to a Dragic or or Flynn you can't compare those guys to him because they just can't do it mm-hmm. and this is all part of the system and I kind of I'm reiterating this again and again but I'm not I'm just saying like it's not those guys necessarily it's the system and yeah the Raptors exactly. needs are not, very very yeah. very specific Utah Watanabe is more valuable on the Raptors than he is on any other team and it's mm-hmm. not just because of, you know, his, the chaos city he causes on the defensive end, you know, how active he is. It seems like perhaps he's going to be a better three-point shooter this year. It's because of his physical tools. He can cut, he can guard multiple positions. Uh, he's, he's very active on the defensive end and he can shoot the ball. Yeah. Those things that all the Raptors want from pretty much every single player. And obviously some one-on-one ability is going to help. And my God, they need Pascal Siakam back because it's, it's getting ugly out there sometimes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is kind of where the Raptors are now and I, they're going to be very ruthless with it. I'm curious how Nick handles this because even like a Svee, right? Do you need speed? What does the starting lineup look like? Do you, do you start Scotty? Do you not start Scotty? Do you bring in Ken Birch instead of Precious Achua? Because- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I think you could maybe suggest that Precious as good as he is, he's a little bit uh, too unpredictable in some ways. And maybe his skill set is better off off of the bench. That's just something that I was thinking about. You know, Kem's a little bit more steady. You kind of know what you're going to get from him. He has a really good rapport with uh, with Fred in the pick and roll, probably more so than, than Precious. Um, that will probably, you know, develop over time. But that's something that I've been thinking about. Um, it's going to be very interesting because the, the top 10, uh, it's going to have a lot of size and it's yeah. going to be very, very fun to watch, but some guys who should be playing aren't. Yeah. That's, there's going to be a lot of healthy competition, a lot of upset guys after bad nights. Like it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be tough. <laughs> um, so do you think Malachi should go to the G league? Um, yeah, I, I think he should. I think he missed that opportunity his first year, which is like what we expected he would be doing. 
um, but he didn't get that chance. Um, and I think that he, should, he the opportunity should be taken this year. Um, it will give him a chance not to just not only to um, perhaps find a purpose for the team. Like as we said, that um, if 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 you don't fulfill those physical tools for the Raptors, there are ways to still be productive. Like you see what Fred does. You mm-hmm. you can be um, become an excellent shooter. You can become an excellent defender. There are things you can do to make yourself uh, yourself more useful to the team. But also, I think it would give him a chance to build up his value as a player. And uh, if it, there, everyone every team keeps their eye on the Raptors nine hundred five crew, so they know sure. the development is really good here. They take the players as soon as they begin to show any good flashes. So I think it'll be, uh, it would give um, Malachi a chance to run an offense and probably be plucked up immediately because he is a good player. Uh, and I think he just needs some time to get his confidence up because I think that he hesitates a lot, which is not something that he used to do too often yeah. in college or even early in the season last year. So um, I think it would give him a chance to just boost his confidence, to polish himself up and uh, for another team to probably nab him up real quick. Mm. Yeah, whether it's um, trade, like it would probably be through trade, and um, I, I, I'm not sure. I was about to say maybe Boucher should go to the G League too to build his value, <laughs> but I'm not sure if that would. I don't. I think that would look kind of funny <laughs> to other teams, but um, yeah, yeah. I think that the Raptors had an opportunity to trade a high value Boucher and probably tack on like Malachi, and it, it would look like a nice package to a lot of teams. Uh, but right now, it's like. <laughs> You don't want that. <laughs> like... No, it's it's interesting. It's it's interesting that you're thinking about that because I mean, what are their? You think about the goals for the season, expiring contracts. If things keep on trending, then we're going to get into this in a second. Is like how um, how the past few games have kind of changed our opinions on what the Raptors' ceiling is for this particular year. But you could get a very good player uh, if you package you know those two guys and the expiring um, Dragic con- contract, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Now we're talking like it's not just like a okay package. Like that's pretty pretty good actually yeah um, you have a viable backup big you have a a young talent in malachi and then you have a vet if you ever need one and then yeah that's a that's a that's a good package to a lot of teams yeah what stood out about uh, delano we kind of touched on a little bit but is there anything else that you wanted to discuss about him Oh, Delano. Um, no, I think we mentioned everything. I think we literally mentioned everything that he does on the court. We kind of did, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's very impressive. I, I can't yeah, believe no, I'm that. Just, I gotta say, I'm glad that he's not, someone said that he's a meme player who's actually good. So I'm, I'm very glad that he wasn't just ending up as a meme because he's from Toronto and we want to <laughs> cheer every time he does something. The fact that he's actually good, that's like another, Yeah. That's, they, shouldn't have, they shouldn't have allowed yeah. Delano to be a decent basketball player. Because, <laughs> like that is another problem for Raptors fans. He's got his own brand now too, doesn't he? I think he does. Yeah, right? I think I saw it in one of the videos that he mentioned, but yeah. um, the, the fact that he's actually a good player is dangerous now. <laughs> A player that can uh, that is adjusting that quickly to the NBA, who's a, a very smart passer. Um, he he finds it's kind of similar to Kyle Lowry. Not that I'm comparing them, okay? <laughs> Not comparing them, but Kyle has this ability to always be able to get his, the ball to the, the proper place, regardless of defenders in the way. Um, what kind of you know, pocket passes when it comes to stuff like that? He just finds these angles that are very mm. hard to to manage, and uh, Delano just keeps on doing that. And I don't know how many yeah. times I've seen him just do a bounce pass that gets to a three point shooter, and it's an easy three for them. And it's only because Delano found that very small space. It's like this big, very small yeah. space, and he did it. It was right on the money. It was timed well, and that's yeah. not something you can necessarily teach. It's a really hard ability to to manage and. You only get that through game reps, right? We haven't and- had actually this much 
like high end passing on the team since we had um, both Kyle and Gasol on the team, I think. Yeah. Uh, because you have Delano, who's, uh, I think, a above average passer. You have Scotty, who has like the potential to become uh, one of the greatest passers in the league. Um, and then you have Pascal, who's become an above average passer. Um, and you have Fred, who's improved in that sense. So I think that this team has a lot of ample passing. And then you add OG, who's a great interior passer. Yuta, who's a great um, passer as well. He always gets the ball moving. Um, I think that there are lineups where everyone on the court can be a plus on offense, capable yeah. of doing pretty much a little bit of everything. So those lineups are going to be really fascinating to see when everyone's at full health. The vision. The vision is coming to life. <laughs> well, people were, like people laughing somewhere, cackling. <laughs> I know. And there are so many people who are doubting Nick Nurse, saying that, what is this half-court offense? Why are you doing these rotations? Why isn't this guy playing more? And here we are. It took like two games. And now we're like, hold up. Hold, hold up. up. I see it now. I <laughs> see what they're doing. <laughs> Don't I think doubt Cleveland them. fans are experiencing the same thing with those Mobley and Jared Allen lineups actually working. Yeah, that's a that's a matchup I cannot wait to see because it's like two different philosophies. The Raptors even had that double big philosophy at one point where they were doing those lineups, and um, it's working for the Cavs right now. So I can't wait to see the small ball and the double big lineups kind of um, come to head and uh, come to head and like um, <laughs> find out whether what what reigns supreme at the end, which one's yeah. a scam. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe neither of them are. Maybe they're both actually just very good uh, solutions. I mean, uh, staff he's doing a great job with uh, with that with that lineup, and it's all about buy-in. You know, how can, how much can you yeah. get uh, from your players, and are they willing to? to them, yeah. yeah, yeah, to sacrifice, sacrifice in the own their own small ways. Are they going to do that to to contribute to winning? And all those guys are are uh, are adjusting on the fly, and they're they bought in. And the buy-in is like step one to any successful franchise. And the Raptors have it. And it seems like the Cavs have it too. Crazy to see. They've, the Cavs have been through the mud for many years now since LeBron left. And now it seems they're like they're, they're going to welcome him back soon. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that, right? Mobley's right? looking really good. They might, they might give it a couple of years. Maybe his last year in the NBA will be back there. Bronny? Bronny and LeBron head back to oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, well okay they'd have to suck for a little bit more then until Bronny oh, is <laughs> draft age <laughs> oh that's true but you know what like LeBron finds ways we see him right he always <laughs> finds ways regardless of we, we can't even like doubt it is just crazy trades have happened and I feel like in the war rooms with Palenka and with Cavs management and with Pat Riley LeBron was always in there with his laptop making things happen <laughs> do this do this do this let's let's try it out um, yeah absolutely uh, as we're wrapping up the pod um last question for you is uh has your ceiling for this year's team changed over the past few games and since their recent play because as we're seeing the vision come to life and as we're seeing like their their fight game by game has has improved um their offense is making small strides like very 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 small but it is getting better than you obviously you're about to add two more rotation players who fit the system um what are your thoughts on that um i will say i was a little low on the team earlier um but after seeing um the eastern conference play a few games um I'd say that the ceiling has changed. I think before it was, uh, okay, they can probably be a play-in team if they, you know, if all things go right this season. Mm -hmm. um, the East is just so competitive. But right now, um, 
I think that their ceiling could be like a, a six seed or something like they can be in that six range mm. um, and a three, six matchup will be pop, pop, like quite interesting uh, in the Eastern conference. I think like the, the possibilities of who ends up at that three spot yeah. um, could be very interesting, but yeah, I think this team, like when all things are rolling, it just looks like a kind of an, um, uh, it, it what those flashes where everything is going perfectly that we've been seeing the last few games. Yeah. It looks like high end, like contender basketball. That's what I see. Like, and if they minimize those rookie mistakes, it depends on how much growth we see this season. Uh, it depends on the play of the other Eastern conference teams. But I think that if things go right, that this, this team can be a playoff team and that like, they're not going to go far in the playoffs, obviously. Like I, I just, I think that there's a cap um, obviously on what happens. Oh, you can sneak into like a conference finals that we've seen that happen. Um, but yeah, it, uh, first round playoff run for a rookie is invaluable. Like that is um, so important to their development. Um, we've seen it. We saw it with like 2018 Jason Tatum uh, having that experience where things are on the line, where you're expected to produce, um, mm-hmm. where you're expected to, you know, um, kind of create your legacy. Basically, um, yeah. it, it kind of it, it teaches teaches us a lot about the player. It teaches them a lot about themselves and what they want to be in the NBA. And I think that those kind of things are really important. If we want a superstar, early playoff runs are very important. I think. Uh, no question. And uh, that's kind of where I'm sort of at too, is that, you know, we're through some of the stats that we we're seeing them be good at, like they're, they're fourth in drives per game. Um, they're fourth in paint touches, but then they're, they have the third least points in the paint. Right. So they're getting in the lane. <laughs> but they just, yeah. But they just can't finish. Right. And then like they're the best offensive rebounding team in the, in the NBA, but they're 24th in defensive and rebounding. So, and then their catch and shooting percentage, uh, their pull up percentages, like all these things are they're down. They're they're around the uh, the bottom half of of the NBA. So there's it's a talent thing, and they're just not making the shots, but they're able to get in the lane. They're one of the best uh, transition teams in the NBA, and then right now they're they're fifth in defensive rating. So the vision is there, and I think it's going to be interesting to see what how Pascal and, and Utah impact those things. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're post they're using their post ups enough personally, because I feel like with, with Scotty and with Pascal now, and then OG, you have players who are kind of like your, your stabilizer in, in your half court a little bit. And Fred kind of mentioned this the other day too. And I agree with them that, uh, that is like kind of like your, your safety valve. That is like your outlet when you have like your broken possessions that you just need something then, all right, let's give it to those guys. Let's clear aside and let's give it to them and let's let them operate and let's see what, what comes from it. And uh, I think they got to just utilize that more. Like you just, that's your advantage. Your advantage Mm -hmm. is is that you have players who at some point, you know, on the court is that there's going to be mismatches um, between those three guys between Scotty OG and Pascal. And they're going to play a lot together, regardless of if Scotty starts or not down the stretch of games, it's going to be those three guys and Fred and then insert here. So you have to utilize that because that's your meal ticket, right? That's what, that's your advantage. And you don't have a lot of advantages on the offensive end, um, but that is one. And so I think they got to uh, incorporate that and more into their uh, half court offense. And I'm sure they will once Pascal returns, but I want to see it get like really wild here. Like I want to see, you know, <laughs> OG on one side uh, doing post-ups and then the next session down, you have Pascal on the other side, like get funky with it. Yeah. That's Great actually yeah. right now they have, I think Scotty with the post-ups, it should be like, they should use it sparingly, I think. Um, yeah. But 
because there's so much of his game that I think they should explore too. But when it comes to the best post-up players on the team, you have Pascal and then you have OG whose post-up game has just kind of flourished this season as well. So mm-hmm. um, uh, the post-up is like, is, is a reliable form of half-court offense that the Raptors need. Um, and I think the issue before was that they only had the, the pick and roll before between Pascal and somebody else, or they'd have Pascal's um, uh, post up, which is like, yeah, that's fine. But also you need things to vary up the half court offense. And they yeah. have that now they have Scotty who can pass like Draymond Green in the half court. So, um, you mm. know, they, they have, <laughs> I was telling people, they, don't be surprised if it turns out like it's early in the season now, but don't be surprised if the offense turns out better than last season. It very well should over, over the course of time. Definitely. And uh, I, I'm, it's exciting to see uh, Scotty, this, his, his understanding of where his advantages are. Like, I think he's like third or fourth in the NBA right now in putbacks because he knows <laughs> yeah. this is something that I can do. And then when he gets a smaller, a smaller player on him, he's not afraid that he's like, all right, this is, this is me. This is what I do. Um, I know that I can I can post up a six five player, right? He was doing it to Luca the other day, uh, the game before it was KCP. Um, when he sees those advantages, he's willing to you know make the most of it and to pursue it and to uh, and he's finishing, which is a really nice thing to see. He doesn't have a lot of post moves, but he's got a couple of staples that um, are working for him. So that is great to see. Um, it's it's all very positive right now. Uh, <laughs> funny at, the, yeah. at this point, maybe last week we we're just like. Ugh. what's going on yeah but now we're just like okay i'm seeing what nick nurse is doing the mad scientist is making it happen and here we are now the raptors uh they're entering a critical stretch of their season they got the knicks on monday which would be really interesting um maybe pascal is back by then Eh, yeah maybe Uh, who knows um but that would be pretty damn cool any other thoughts yasmin or are we just sailing off into this halloween weekend here yeah, I think we sail off. I think I said everything that can be said about this version that we're seeing of the team. And yeah, the next game on Monday is going to be very interesting. That's a home game, right? I believe so. Yes. Okay. Yes. I got to make sure I go to that one. <laughs> there you go. Um, so you enjoy that. Enjoy your Halloween weekend. What's your favorite kind of candy? Oh, um, my favorite candy, it would have to be, oh God, I'm like a candy connoisseur. Uh, it would probably be like, uh, um, I like sour candies. Um, yeah. Anything by Maynard's that is sour, I will eat. Okay. <laughs> so Sour Patch Kids, um, yeah. uh, those Sour Cherry Blasters, Fuzzy Peaches, anything like yeah. that. That is, you know, it's halal. So all the Muslim kids liked <laughs> Maynard's candy growing up. <laughs> no gelatin <laughs> but yeah um that was that was my thing all the time like I can't I don't have as much of a sweet tooth now because like I'll eat candy once and I'll get a cavity now like that's what oh, being damn. in your late 20s is <laughs> welcome to your early 30s where you get heartburn from chocolate but I still do it oh, I still do it and uh, my favorite is Smarties and cookies and cream Hershey's those are those are my two those are my guys yeah, I will be having lots of those simple this yeah yeah, I'm a I'm a simple man, simple man. That's all I really need is those two things, and I'm good to go. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for joining me, and thank you for listening Thanks to for the Raptors Over Everything podcast. Rate, review, uh, subscribe. Dishes and dimes on Sunday, right? Yeah, Sunday episode of Dishes and Dimes. Um, just remembered it's Halloween weekend, so I'm gonna try and make it spooky. <laughs> Just like Sam Decker did back there, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Ooh, the Sam Decker octopus here. Um, yeah, I'll wear cat ears, make it festive. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, I won't be dressing up, but uh, yeah, I'll be with you in spirit. So enjoy yourselves, everyone. Have a good weekend. Be safe and all that. Talk to you soon.
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.